Hello, I'm Derek Wheatley and welcome to episode 51 of the Weekly Wheatley podcast. Um, I just want to say thanks very much to Ashleen Daly for last week's episode. Got some great responses from it and so did Ashleen. And um, it was really great to have her on the show to celebrate the big 50. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going into the kind of the next uh, half a century, I suppose. But uh, um, I appreciate all the support as usual. Um, the live and joyful stuff is still going on on, on the Instagram. We'll be... Uh, um, we'll be doing something this week actually so uh, keep an eye out for that um, I dropped the Facebook live for for the time being but we'll get back into it eventually but anyway let's kick off with this episode uh, I want to introduce my guest he's a Bellator fighter he's the owner of SPG Port Arlington and the co-owner of Gamma and his name is Philip the Honey Badger Mold Peter how are you doing Phil? I'm good man it's good, good. Uh, it's good to be on the show man yeah it's nice to have you on um, uh, I, I wanted to ask you did you see any of the fights last night actually? I did, I did. What Serious fights. Yeah, I wanted to ask, like, we were chatting a bit about it in the in the the Fusion page last night and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, what did you think of Holloway's performance? I thought Holloway was unreal, man. He just, I think he just settled in really quick and got into a, just a flow state. And I think he just had, uh, he had your man's reading straight off the mark and he just, like, I don't think your man was ever going to get back in unless he caught him with like a something wild. Like yeah. Holloway was just out of this world. Um, there, was a, there was that moment. You see the moment when he was talking to the commentators and he was moving yeah, backwards. Yeah. And just the yeah. way he's moving his head. And, and actually Calvin t- got in touch with me and said it was very like Muhammad Ali like. Yeah. Yeah. It was like he was in so he's definitely in flow. Like he was just like running on, on autopilot and he just he looked so good. But he was mixing it up really well from long right to the body and to the head. It was beautiful to watch. It was, yeah. It was class. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of obviously he had a loss there recently. So to see him back because... Yeah, two was, losses in a row. Sure. He lost two? the titles. Yeah, two yeah. losses to the same guy. So and it's looking like the, re- or the, third, the third fight's going to be going down. So I don't know. I, I still think he'll get it hard to beat uh, Fulkanovski. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, it's one of those ones where uh, you have to see what he's like when he's being wrestled because Volkanovski could do that to him immediately and then it's a little, he's a He's a tank of a man, that lad. <laughs> yeah, little. You know, he used to be like 220 pounds or something. He used to play rugby league. Yeah, I heard that recently and I was like, Jesus, I don't know how you fall like, that. How do you that much? 145 pounds now. How, yeah, like, it's it's, it's like incredible, really. Two like, people. <laughs> I'd, say, yeah, I'd say he puts your, like, you'd know from, like, weight cuts and that, to put your body through that, it must be tough enough, like. Oh, jeez. Weight cuts are just, like, once you mention weight cut me, I just go, Ugh! it's, like, it's, it's so hard. But, uh, yeah, it takes its toll on you. Yeah. And saying that now, my last, the weight cut, the, the last time I cut proper weight was for for the last fight that actually didn't happen. But, um I made weight, but I made it relatively now. It's never easy, but it was the easiest one I've ever done, and it had been like seven years or something since I made one fifty-five. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's just you have to be very strict. It's very strict, um, but hard in the body too. I'd say so. Yeah, it's it's... Vulcan Afri, I'd say like uh, <laughs> probably goes way where the one seventy maybe. Yeah. <laughs> He's cut a lot of weight. Like, what would you think about just because I thought this um this morning as well to ask you what what do you think about Max Holloway's new kind of idea is not to do any hard sparring during uh, training camp I, I I don't do any hard sparring anymore okay I, uh, yeah I um, like I've done it for years you know and we spent years and when I was younger we didn't care we just like used to spar we used to do like 10 5 minute rounds every Thursday we'd yeah. beaten like emptying each other but like there comes a point where you don't, I don't think it's very necessary or very, it's not bright to do it because you, you know, you see there's articles out this week about it, your man Spencer Fisher, the MMA guy that he's starting to show signs of dementia or CPE. So it's probably a good idea. Like if, if you're not getting paid for it, you don't want to be taking much damage in the gym, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. And it's an old school, it's real old school anyway. You can still get in the training without actually taking hard shots. You know mm. what I mean? You can still get what you need to get done. Now, don't get me wrong. I think at some stage in your career, it has to be done. You have to get used to being in that high pressure situation. But like, the, the likes of Max Holloway, like he's multiple time USC champion. You know, he's done everything. He's jumped up weights. He's fought everybody. That guy, like, 
he he he's comfortable in there. As mm. you seen him last night in that flow stage, like it doesn't matter. He has all those rounds in the bank, and like I think I I agree with him. I think mm. like you can do hard positional rounds, so like you can do like you're grappling hard and all, all your wrestling full on, and you can do like different positional rounds, and that gets the cardio off, and that's just as good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah, you don't want to take too many, don't take too many shots and stuff. And he he did no, talk about exactly. that. And he did that that, that uh, moment a couple of years ago when he was he had to drop out because of concussion as well. Yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. That's like dodgy out. So like he's right. Maybe that has something got to do with it. It could do. Yeah. Um. Listen, we'll get into it. Um. Could you give us a short history of your upbringing, please, Phil? Yeah. So I'm from County Leash, Port Arlington, County Leash. I grew up in a small council estate here in Ports. We were always up to no good when we were growing up. Too much time in our hands and acting the bollocks out, getting chases or whatever. And school then, I was like, I, I never really, I, I got on good in school, but I, I never really wanted to be there. It wasn't really my thing. And I was always wishing to get out and start working. But uh, sports-wise then, I used to play a little bit of Gaelic just because everybody else was doing it. So I was like, it was either stay at home or there, was not, there wasn't much else in Ports. There was a boxing club I used to do. I did a little spell of boxing, but uh, it kind of used to stop and go on. When it was my time to start, it, it was kind of on the way out. We, they did have a good few years, golden years. But uh, yeah, so football was my thing. True school. Uh, didn't do much training. Like I never really trained much through my early years. So like I, I would have started. I was partying, say sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. I was partying hard with all my mates. I was out working then. I had left school in fifth year, and hmm. I, uh, I was always carried a bit of weight. It was always chubby lad. <laughs> but, but in saying that, going to school and everything, or I, I always. I always ended up being a lad in a row. I was always fighting. So that was one thing that's always been with me. I was, and I was always like in school was who's the, who's the hardiest in class and all this yeah. macho bullshit. You know what I mean? That's what we kind of grew up in. But uh, that was always the goal. Number one was the class, then school. And then that escalated as I got older. I just continued that with me for a while. But uh, yeah, so when I left work party and I didn't get into training until I was about 19. Okay. Um, yeah, and I was heavy, and I just, I, I, I never forget a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, David Pine, and he was, he's always in good nick, he's, he, I'd be jealous of his physique, but uh, he's, uh, he's he's well clued in on his fitness and all his workouts, so he, he gave me a little uh, program, mm. and I started training, and then I lost a lot of weight, and started like, putting on a bit of muscle, and then um, I'd be watching MMA and Bravo at the time, and that's how that's what brought me into the um, I, by this time first of all I, I hated school and then I thought working would be a great idea but it doesn't take you long to realise that working's not really a great idea either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on building sites it gets tough you know what I mean yeah so yeah then I started MMA man and my my dad's friend brought me up to uh, it was Kokoro Kokoro was a gym in the north side in Dublin um I did two sessions in there and fell in love with it in two sessions, but I ended up having to go to work in Mayo oh. for about six months. And uh, when I came back, then I was mad to start the uh, MMA. And like I was telling everybody, I'm going to be in the UFC and I hadn't even started training yet. I was, yeah. that, I was one of those guys that just like, <laughs> everybody thought I was mad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I ended up back. I ended up back. My dad, the guy that had brought me to Kokoro, had now joined SVG and right. brought me up to SVG uh, and I started training underneath John Kavanagh then when I was 19 and right. kind of got in with all the guys at that time who were only starting to like make waves in MMA. Obviously Connor and Paddy and Cottle and Chris and all the guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I just jumped in in, the, in, that, in that environment. It didn't take long to get good and yeah, sure, history is made then from that side of things. But um yeah, do you know what actually, uh, Phil? There, there was this thing. The, I like to keep count, right? So you're the fifth, yeah. some p- fifth person from Port Arlington on on the show, right? Weird, uh, weirdly enough, is it? Yeah, and it's so. What's funny about it is, right? Uh, uh, of the four, on Port, God Port, but of the four, right? There's you all mentioned fighting when you were young, right? 
And I, I have the, now I have this image of this Mad Max style place in, in Port Allen to the least that is just chaos. Um, but I can kind of I can get what you, I understand what you mean about it, like, and particularly yeah. when you talk about the hard guy in school because everybody can relate to that. There was always one knocking around or two. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just part of part of Ireland, I suppose. But uh, yeah. listen, yeah. Um, could you tell us when you first became aware of uh, mental health? Mental health's been kind of in my life all since I grew up. My man was, she's in and out. She suffers with mental health issues. Um, so that started out. I didn't, but when you're a kid, you wouldn't really know. You don't know the crack. You wouldn't know, like, what's going on. You'd be more sheltered from it. But uh, I, my first, my my first, like, I suppose, introduction to mental health would have been when I was in first year in school. I got depressed. I. I tell you what happened to me. I used to get bad acne and I went on to this real strong medication for uh, for getting rid of it or whatever. But one of the side effects to this was depression and suicide. So they're like, I was like, I'm sure I was in a young, I was like, I don't, I'm not, that's not going to happen to me. I was like, I'll be grand. Um, so I was like, yeah, give me them. I just wanted to get rid of the acne. But in hindsight now, like obviously you shouldn't be giving those sort of drugs out to teenagers for a start but if somebody had a thought you maybe you should drink a bit more water eat some vegetables stop eating six thousand bars of chocolate a day you know what i mean living on cereal you know that probably would have worked too but anyways i took these tablets and uh i got depressed off them i um i started mitching school and shit i was just hanging out on my own didn't want to do anything end up going to the doctor i was put on medication so i was on it for a while and that that helped me i got back on the straight and narrow from it but uh yeah so i was young when i first like started having mental health problems it would have been when i was in first year in school right um do you think so because i've i've obviously had my own coach martin on here uh i've had kieran davern on here and we've spoken a bit about as a coach, a head coach in a gym with with um well a lot a lot of uh, you know a wide way uh, age group, but obviously younger lads they'd look up to their coaches a bit and they'd approach they'd approach their coach if they were having problems. Do you think like with your experience of it, you'd be able to help them a bit better? Maybe be able to guide them a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, I like for me, I just like think you you try and help them as much as you can. But for talk, speaking to somebody that's in a dark, a dark time in their life, or they're depressed or anything. I think you should be a trained person to tell them. Mm. Like it's easy for me to go and tell you what I did for myself, you know. But in in reality, yeah, if you're in a good place, you could take tips off me for keeping things mm. on the straight and narrow. But like if you're in the height of depression and you're really getting dark, I I think like uh, my advice straight away would be to go see a counselor. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think. It's not, it's not, that's not spoken of enough in when you come to mental health. Yeah. Like, go and see a counselor and talk, talk it out, you know, to a person that understands the mind and is able to give you proper answers and like explain to you what's going on or, you know, you know, and if you're having thoughts or whatever, you know, to try and give you tools to get your mind back on track, you know, and I, I, I probably could help somebody, but like, I also don't want to be, putting somebody in a worse position than they already are are you know so i think especially with mental health i think it's a it's such a like it's nobody's the same nobody goes through the same it's similar you know what i mean but like and it's dangerous so like i think Mm. go and see a counselor straight away you know what i mean and that and that's would be my advice to to start especially if they're depressed you know what i mean it's to go straight and see a counselor and talk it out well, I think that's the. I think that basically answers my question in the sense that you know that uh, certain certain um, pieces of advice would be beyond you, uh, beyond your yeah. training, beyond your experience, and like you can help someone along. If someone comes to you, if I I go to Martin uh, all the time. Now it's different for me because I'm very open about it. Everybody knows. Yeah. But I'd still go to Martin and say, "Look, I'm I'm a bit anxious today. I might just drill like instead of roll or so, something like yeah, that." Yeah. Might, yeah. Then that's fine. But if 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 I'm approaching Martin about something like suicidal ideation or something, yeah, he's not going to be the one that's going to turn around and say, well, this is what you should do. This way. He, he would no, say the same no. thing as what you're saying. That's yeah, the point, yeah. isn't it? And like, um, and like, obviously 
obviously it's not always like you're not always on suicide so like obviously i'm always trying to be as positive as i can keep everything going keep routines going you know train every day eat good food 80 70 percent of the time you know <laughs> like you know and just try and be happy you know and try and live a good life and try and be the best you you can be and i think like people get bogged down these days with like i don't know if it's social media or whatever but like they all want to be rock stars and then like they get to yeah. a certain point where it's, they realize that's not going to happen and they just find it hard to be happy with themselves and yeah. you know i think it's just a more a bit of inner work that needs to be done and find something that you like you know it's it's the same things that you hear over and over again and it sounds simple when we're talking me and you who are we're in good place at the minute but like it's the same answers to people that are depressed but it sounds so simple and it's hard for them yeah. to get the message across it's nearly i think it's nearly like um you need some sort of a spark or something to flip and so, like something to switch your mindset yeah. and it really happens like that, i think as well when you are depressed it can happen so quick that you come out of it as well so it's like it's a mad out it's a mad um illness really it's yeah. mad yeah the balance to, to strike the balance is, is particularly tough all right um so when who was the person who gave you the nickname Honey Badger? The boys from Wexford. So the boys, <laughs> the Brian Moore and Levi. It was like I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, there was a Honey Badger video or YouTube video, and it was a guy, kind of a camp guy, speaking, and he's like, the Honey Badger's like walking around. He gets bit by a snake, and he says it's, it's a real funny one. It's a it's gonna but they that was kind of doing the rounds at the time and we were sparring and stuff and the boys start going that I met and start saying that I met noise like the honey <laughs> okay. when I was sparring so they kind of went out for there and he's a real aggressive little animal so yeah that's where that's where it started from um, Brian Moore and Lee Kyo. <laughs> do you know it's funny I, I wouldn't have uh, maybe about a year ago and it might have been that clip but it was definitely a clip I saw yeah. of the honey badger it sounds like such a sweet animal but they are ferocious like and <laughs> they're ferocious yeah, you look at them and you think they even look pretty sweet. That Chase but no. the lines down and yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah. mad. But um, so like what? They're is... actually really smart, dude. They're Are really they? intelligent. Yeah, like you, I seen them in a in South Africa in a, in this little enclosure in the garden, right? This guy had, keeps them as pets or whatever, a wild animal. But he's running around with this little thing, right? And he know the honey badger starts piling rocks up on top of one another to climb off the handle on the thing to open the gate. <laughs> He's able to sneak out the gate. Your man records it. So that's Very the that's man. the real reason they called you. It's because how take, <laughs> take take that, right? <laughs> right. So so what was it then about right, see like you said, your introduction to MMA and stuff and going up uh train under John Cavan and SPG. What was it that you you loved about it? It's the only thing I was ever good at. <laughs> okay. That's the truth. I swear right. to fuck like it's I some people have not, not. Some people naturally pick up a football and they're able to go and they're able to play. Some people are really good at cross country running. I realized at a very young age I was good at fighting, you know, and I enjoyed it. And like I, and not that I went out looking for for fights or anything, but like I wouldn't be the one to step away if somebody yeah. was trying to start something. Um, but, and then I always watched it um, and it was not really around court as I said but as soon as I got to the age that I could travel and do it myself I started driving off to Dublin to train with the lads and once I started MMA I didn't want to do anything else yeah. I didn't want to go to work I didn't want to do anything I just trained twice a day um, and I love fighting and I get a serious release of endorphins after it to be honest with you like my, I carry these days I'm good but when I was in my early 20s and teens I carried a lot of anger in me so like my my emotions come out in anger I, I don't even think I could deal with my emotions right but then eventually they come out in anger you know so MMA was a release for me it was mm. a way for me to burn off that energy and get rid of it so after some people couldn't fathom going into a gym to do 10 five minute rounds fighting with each other but when I go in and I'd be calm and relaxed and bang it out and afterwards I'd feel great and I'd go, you know, and I'd release all those endorphins, get rid of that energy on me. So I just love fighting. I'm good at it and I'm a fighter, you know. I'm a I'm a I was I'm a born fighter and I know I'm a fighter, you know. So it's not everybody. I think everybody's born with their own things that they're good at, their own niches yeah. and fighting just happened to be mine. Do you know it was a very I always yeah. said oh I wish maybe I was good at golf or something, it would have been a lot handier. Yeah. 
it's a lot more <laughs> lot less stress on the body. Um, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of uh, split because, uh, like I said, I was talking to Ashleen Daly last week. She she described it as because of she she had to quit early. She said that there was the character of Ash the Bash, and then there was the character of Ashleen. And as Ashleen, she was never um, a kind of aggressive person or anything like that. So she had to like turn herself in to to someone who's aggressive that was that wasn't something that was a problem for you was it you were just like no, that no right. and and like and like i know ash really well everybody all fighters have their own little ways of doing it and they have their own reasons why they're doing it so like everybody's different but for me fighting was not ne- like i don't get me wrong i did i definitely got nervous and like but once it came to fight day fight week I had no nerves. I, I didn't have nerves then. I, yeah. I'm grand. I'm backstage. I know that what's going to happen. I've accepted that. And I'm cool with it. I'm going out to fight, you know. So, I I don't know. Everybody has their own ways of dealing with the with yeah. the fight. And my my problem was weeks weeks out from the fight, getting myself to be disciplined and train and keep myself going that way. Once yeah. it came to fight week, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good to go. You know, so I didn't need, I didn't need that sort of, I had, I, I don't know. I had my release inside me. That yeah. I, I love to fight, you know, so it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a mad old sport too, man. Everybody, you're like, who, <laughs> who deals? Everybody's going to have their own way of dealing with that thing, you know? So yeah, like to the psychology of it is fascinating. Like, cause uh, you yeah. know, I, I, I try to think I'm not a very competitive person. And I, and you know, even when I started jujitsu, I knew, I only started when I was like three years ago. So I was 35. I knew I was never going to compete. It, it wasn't going to be a thing for me. I was just going to go yeah. in and roll. But then I see the, the lads who are in their 21, 22, and they want to be like you. They want to be there competing yeah. like professional. And they're going crazy on top of me or underneath me or whatever. And I just had to realize that we're in different spots at the moment, yeah. <laughs> you know, and just yeah. ride it out. Yeah. It's fine. But yeah. so you rose up through a couple of promotions before uh, you got the call for Bellator. Is that right? Yeah, I've I fought in all the all Irish shows. Mm. Uh, well, a good few of them. All the ones up the north. What clan? A cage contender would have been a big one. But to, to, to be honest, when we started out back then, there was way more promotions. Like there was mm. way more fights happening. It was like the golden era, really. Like we all came through that. That was the real for Irish MMA, anyways. But uh, we were flat out with shows on every weekend. Um, I went my way to cage contender and. Battle zone up with Andy Ryan and the guys in Dublin I had some serious big fights in that. The first ever five five minute round fight um mm. in Ireland. I really? fought in that against John Donnelly on Battle Zone for the welterweight title. Um yeah, so I won five fives. It was a tough fight, man. I was I was like the elephant man for a week after that. Um but I really I put in my work. I, I fought I defended the belt against a guy called Richard Gorey, who's really tough, another big welterweight. I'm only a small welterweight, and really, I should have been cutting down the lightweight. It was just I love my food too much. But anyway, we and then I worked. I got the cage warriors. Was fighting on cage warriors for a while, um, and then I had a little. I stopped training for a while. I was working on buildings, and I came back then to cage warriors. I know I went to fight in England for the Budo right. title against Ali Arish, real tough wrestler. Um, and I beat him, and then I got back to Cage Warriors, had a few fights in Cage Warriors, and then I got signed to Bellator after that. There was um, So it's been a long old road. Yeah, there's a great, uh, I was watching a number of your fights and whatever I could get on, on YouTube and things like that. There's a particular video that runs through uh, your highlights, and your yeah. array of haircuts and styles. <laughs> <laughs> They're quite different, you know. Um, but uh, they're, they're, uh, yeah. The video was really, it was really. Um, I suppose that particular one was the first thing that came up, and it was a good introduction for me, I suppose, so I could look at your style and things like that. Um, so you got signed for Bellator. Your first um fight was in uh, Dublin. Yeah. How important was that? Free arena. We fought. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was a bit disappointed with the performance. I would have liked him to get a finish. Yeah. But uh, fought a real tough guy and. From Team Rhino, the boys all bring it, you know. So it was a yeah. tough fight, but I tell you, the atmosphere in the tree arena, getting the fight in the tree arena in front of all the people from the gym, it was a serious buzz. Like I was so energized after it. Like I came back into the dressing room, was like buzzing around, and we you have to go back to the, get your medicals done. And 
Right. They were scouting me over and then they realised that there was a big gash in my shin where I, we were after obviously it split open where I was checking kicks or something but you're high you're like what? Mm. Feel nothing for a couple of hours afterwards um, but uh, yeah it was so euphoric man to fight in the tree arena in Dublin yeah. one of my dreams Well here's a question I have to ask now because this is going to become an experiment as a sort of for this podcast right because I asked right. the same question to Danny Nealon and I asked who fought on that card too did she fight in that card or was it yeah, card yeah and, and I asked Ashley Daly when you were walking out do you hear the crowd or are you just tunnel vision when I first started fighting I never heard anything I didn't even know what song was being played I used to, I didn't even put a song on into the DJ or anything and I'd be just like, I was, I used to like just look at him, get in there and get after him. Mm. But as, as I fought more fights, as I got more uh, calm and relaxed, I, I remember the exact fight that I felt like that. It was against a French guy. The guy I was supposed to fight pulled out and this French dude stepped up. Um, it was in Dublin as well. Um, but uh, for Cage Warriors. Mm. But I remember walking out to that fight and I was like so calm. I put in such a good camp. I was relaxed backstage, never felt as good. Walked out seeing all, like I could spot all my family in the crowd. I was like saying hello to them and I just felt really relaxed. Got into the cage, walking around. I could see everybody. I'm listening to the tune. Like, you know, the more you do it, the more relaxed you get, the calmer you get. You know, it's not about being aggressive and being like, going off well it is it's controlled aggression you have to be calm you know and conor mcgregor's the best at you know he's so relaxed in there but that's that's what you're aiming for so mm. but i suppose that's experience so i changed at the start i was like tunnel vision mm. but after that fight in particular then i after that i recognized everything but hear everything i enjoyed it more and i and i took it all in yeah that's i suppose that yeah it's experience makes a lot of sense and the fact that if you are in that calm state and again it goes back to the difference of the fighters if you were some fighters will be a little bit more tense and that's they need to be tense because they don't want to yeah. go and relax and then some need to be nervous and you know it makes sense but uh, i'm going to ask this question i follow you on instagram actually but um are you a fan of trash talk uh i don't i i, I don't mind like <laughs> i don't i'm not be, i don't give out much trash talk i every now and again i will to, if i want to make a fight happen or try to get a fight but like it's all it's all just to sell fights you know and get your name out there it's that's all it is like i think the real thing is the casual fans get maybe too brought into it like really it's all an act it's all bullshit they're all yeah. trying everybody's trying to make loads of money man course, you know yeah. everybody gives out about everyone doing the trash talk and all that like it's only a bit of crack they're all like i think you should be yourself and be the trash talker in yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. Kind yeah. of come up with your own style of it. But like, I've no problem with it. I, 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 I'm, I don't give out much trash talking. I'll shake your hand and we go, we're going to fight no matter what. In my head, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. if he's nice to me or if he's bad. Or we're still, I'm still going to go out and going to try crack elbows off him. So it makes no odds. So, like, <laughs> so it's yeah. John. But, yeah. but with, with that, right? So if, if it is just to sell and you to sell the promotion, the promotion and sell the fight, right? And you all know that that's the, the the story with it. Do you think that it has the psychological effect on the opponent then, or would it have a psychological effect on you? Do you think? Again, it depends on the person. It's some okay. like Connor's very good at it. He'll get into your head, he'll get underneath your skin. He says the right things at the right time, you know, like and a hundred percent that. It helps his style, it suits his style, then have the guy rushing at you. But, like, I suppose it depends on what to say to me. You don't want to make the honey badger angry, so <laughs> they better not keep uh, You know, I, 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 I try to keep the same. You, for me, I try not to think about my opponents. Okay. Like, I try and just, I've always just done my own thing, trained for the same way. I didn't, like, I looked at it and see what his style is like, and then that's it. He's done, Ben. It's me. It's you. You have to be right. It's like talking about Holloway not sparring. It's like, it's all mental, man. It's like, mm. like nearly anything you do in this world. It's like, probably like really and truly, it's about 80% mental and 20% fitness. You know, you could go in there out of shape and have that, like, you can have that positivity in your mind and be ready and believe that you can 
beat that guy and you could spark anybody in a round, you know what I mean? I've often been, I'd have often like trained, say, for a big fight, had the fight and taken a bit of time off and I come back and you're buzzing to get back in, little belly on me, you know, and I go in and spar and you do the best rounds you've ever done, you know? So it's like, it just shows that it's not all physicality or it's not all fitness. It's a lot in your mind and being happy and being in the right place, you know? That's fair. Yeah, that's fair enough. L- listen, just I'll just get in an ad here, Phil, and we'll get back into it then. Yeah, right? yeah classic. Fusion Training Centre, Monksland Athlone. A place to train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kickboxing, martial arts and CrossFit. A great atmosphere with experienced coaches and a real sense of community. If you want to join the team, find us on Facebook at Fusion Training Centre or drop in for a chat. Fusion Training Centre, train like a warrior. Obviously, uh, it's closed at the minute, um, but... Yeah, if you want to get something started for the for twenty twenty one, give Martin a shout and uh, he'll sort you out. Um, so yeah, listen, there wasn't many good stories, uh, good news stories last year, uh, Phil, and I think uh, with your one, it was a, a bad news story that turned into a good news story. So obviously, for the people who don't know, you run um, SBG Port Arlington, and you had to announce that uh, you were closing back. It was it November. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks there before. Yes, November, the end of November. Yeah. And it must have been like pretty, like leading up to it, kind of a heartbreaking decision for you. Yeah, it was a stressful few months, to be honest. Like, and when the when COVID first hit, I kind of was like, this is going to be bad for gyms. Like, it was, I was kind of preparing for the worst. But uh, yeah, so as, as the months went by, landlord wasn't helping us out. We had to pay the rent, you know rent was piling up and I was like what are we doing like you know we're just raising more debt to what's all we were doing is to sit we were not even coaching anyone so like we're just paying for an empty or paying for a unit basically you know so it came to the point where I was starting to stress about it and it was getting in on me and I was just like look let's pack everything up put it into storage wait till COVID passes and then we'll find a new location and get back going again um so it was it was always going to be temporary, but like as as we see now, I kind of envisioned that twenty twenty one was going to be gone as well, you know, mm. and it's looking that way too. So yeah, it's you know it's, it was it wasn't looking good for us. Um, so we just had to make that hard decision. Like I sat down with my wife Alvina and we had a good think about it. And I have two kids now, you know, and mm. you have to put bread on the table, and that's the way it is. So um, I went back working. Um, to try and keep it afloat as well, yeah. uh, but because uh, I was full time in the gym, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously then we put out the word, and then we got we got news. Then we got a message of Connor, and then we got put in contact with McGregor Sports, and like he helped us out, man. It was like, what a way! I tell you a good one, right? The day, mm. the, the night that I we put it, we put it out publicly. We let the members know what was going on. And we gave it a few days and then I put it out publicly and I was like that. I was on the phone to the landlord and he was like, they were pressuring me. They wanted me out because they had seen the same thing. Like I uh, basically my lease is up in October anyway of 2021 hmm. and they thought I was just going to ride it out and then okay. they would have had to throw me out and they would have never got their rent or whatever. But um, so they were putting it on me to get out of there. And uh, so I had agreed with the landlord to leave. But he want, I had to send it send in an email in writing so that it was all official that we were yeah. going to leave. But I just I didn't want to send it in. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I was like I had this like feeling. I was just like Duff. I just kept I'm a I'm procrastinate I'm procrastinate anyway. So I pulled back to me back of my head. I was like doing me things and I'm like I have to try and I, I in the back of my head I was like well, I just trying to think of ways of keeping it going. But like it was looking horribly anyway so yeah. i agreed that on the friday that saturday i went down to the gym to start taking up mats and putting away and i went in and i was sitting around and i had poppy with me my little girl and we were just playing and i just couldn't start lifting mats and all the boys came down and we were like sitting around and we were like we'll try and we have to try something and we we're going to try and start kind of like getting the members on board and doing a few things and uh but then I got that message that evening off McGregor Sports, and it was just like, man, it was unbelievable. So, like, it's like winning the lotto, man. It was yeah. So good. Like, yeah, that's, really what I, that's what I was going to say. Like, cause, like, what was your relationship with Connor? You just, uh, you, you, you went back a good few years. You were training partners first. Would that have been it? Me and Connor, I know Connor since the very first, 
week I started training in SPG. Well, it wasn't the first week. It was within the first month he was back training. And I'm training with Connor on and off now 10 years. You know, we spent loads of camps together. We spent loads of time in the gym spilling blood and sweat and mm. working hard together. Uh, always kept in touch, you know, all, all through the years. We've been out together, you know. My girlfriend's good friends with D, and, you know, it's like, he always keeps in contact you know so he's been on a wild ride since like um but he'd always keep in touch you know um like we're not i'm not calling up to his house every week to have dinner or anything but like we would keep in touch but like i wasn't expecting anything like that you know it's completely out of blue man i i like it's such a generous generous thing for him to to do like to reach out and it because we Obviously, um, with your connection with Calvin and then with our gym, we saw that uh, I suppose with the jiu-jitsu community around Ireland would have seen that the gym's closed. And it's, it's always a sad yeah. thing. And Calvin yeah. actually mentioned about how important uh, that was to members of, of uh, the community in Port Ireland anyway. Yeah, like you, you know, like growing up, like as I said there earlier on, that I had to play, not that I had to play, but everybody else was playing Gaelic and that. I didn't like it. I wasn't really for me at all, you know, but I did it anyway. Like, but there is, there's people in court that uh, kind of had the same, same thing. They've tried to play Gaelic, tried to play basketball, you know, team sports, and they never got a lot, never got on. They didn't like it, you know, and there's been a, like a good few kids that have come into it with their parents. Their parents come up to me beforehand and they're like, I'm really worried about my, my kid. Mm. You know, he's no friends and he's, he doesn't play any sports, you know, and he comes in and they start training with us. And those, there's like four or five of those kid guys and they started like the first couple of months I opened, they're still there with me. They weren't able to hold a conversation with anybody when they started in the gym. They, they were afraid to touch people, you know, they were really nervous and anxious. And those guys help coach in my gym, you know, they fight, they've been in out in Europe competing, you know, they, they're like, really after maturing into like really good young adults and the gym has helped them you know yeah. and th- those lads would have been lost they would have been devastated you know and and when when the news broke that connor had helped us out and you all my members like it's not got to do with me put together a big video for connor and they all want mm-hmm. to say thanks and let 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 them know how much it meant to the community here in port arlington well i think that's the thing about it isn't it because obviously the first thing that someone would think about is uh, Connor was helping out his mate um, who has a gym in Port Arlington, but it's the extension of it. It's not, and, and it's not just to the members, but it's to their mental health. It's to their families too, because then it's, it's, it makes for a happier home life. If someone's, yeah. you know, feeling good about themselves, a, young, a younger kid or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like dude, there's parents there that don't train in the gym, but they're in the gym all the time, you know? And, mm. Like I have one of our one of our kids' parents, Sharon. She like she nearly runs the gym for me, man. She's there night and day. Like I can't get rid of her out of it. She's not that I want it, but the woman no. is like, you know, like. But she would have been lost, you know. There's people like that that you don't think of that aren't actually training in the gym, but they're in the community, and she takes a lot of pictures of us, and you know. And I was devastated for everybody, you know. We've got coaches, you know, there that like their heart and soul goes into the place and my heart and soul went into the place mm. and I thought like I I'm, my mind I was only putting it into storage you know what I mean mm. I was going to get it back eventually but who knows how long it would have taken it just it would have been like a nightmare as we said but like Jesus it was like <laughs> but, <laughs> no, honestly but, like going in the lot of man buzzing but, around the place of course like and the other thing about it Phil like it's you, you spoke about it a bit there already it's your family and obviously you had another baby now uh, was it in december you had the, the second daughter that's right yeah the daughter son? your son little son, son body yeah Bodhi. he's beautiful little lad yeah strong as an ox like his old lad of course he's little honey badger but yeah yeah the, but you know that like uh for your mental health as your mental health goes it took an awful lot of the pressure, like you were saying, the build up to it was a lot of pressure. And then yeah. for, for something like that, like you said, winning a lot, winning the lotto was the best way of putting yeah. it. Um, it must have been an unbelievable feeling for Man, you. Man, I was like, here, I was like, mm. fucking, I'm rock bomb. I was like, no. Yeah. And then I just went, boom. I was like, 
<laughs> I was like such a roller coaster. It was like a psychedelic trip, man. It was like one of yeah. my worst psilocybin trips, like for a few days, and then it comes right, yeah, golden towards the end. You know, like it was so, like really was a trip, man. Yeah, it's it's it's. But like... I appreciate it so much. He's like, you say what you want. He gets a lot of haters out there, but Connor does a lot of good things around the place for the communities. Yeah, something that nobody hears about and nobody talks about. You know. It was funny he, he, that stuff. he did that thing for you um recently, but he also did a thing for the hospital recently, and I actually saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I saw it. I think just the other day during the week, actually. So it is nice to see some good uh, uh news stories um coming out in general. But like you know, people say he's a divisive character, Conor McGregor, but for doing those kind of things, I mean, it's he, he doesn't have to do them. That's the thing about it. Like oh, it's oh. not like you were thinking. I wonder will uh, Connor come and save the day? You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah, he yeah. decided that this is what yeah. he wants to do. And speaking yeah. of things he 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 helped out when he spoke about this as well. This this is the thing about this story. It reached ESPN and everything, which is uh, yeah, <laughs> which crazy, is, crazy. <laughs> the insights on my social media, dude, were like through the roof. Millions really? of people, like we went everywhere. It was insane. Like uh, if you ask Al, I'm not very uh, good with all that stuff, but. Everything went through the roof, dude. It was mental. Like anything we, that Connor touches just goes insane. Mm, like yeah. he really is the number one guy in the world at the minute. Like he one of the top sports stars in the world. Like the attraction that he gets is insane. It's insane. We we uh, we we had Calvin on. Well, we we've, we've had we've had him on three times on on yeah. one on the podcast and a couple of times on the live thing we do. And we got to talk a little bit about this because we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get you on. But yeah. Um, this is another thing that Conor McGregor helped out. So could you explain what Gamma is and why you set it up? So, yeah, myself and Calvin have gained competitive martial arts. So, like, I, I started kind of doing my own little thing in the gym, putting on a few competitions and uh, kind of worked from there. And I kind of got to, I got, I had started working with Calvin and the guys from Studio Grace um, uh, with the gym, doing stuff with the gym with me. They're class, like, they're so good. And I was so impressed with them when they came down to me. So we got in touch with Calvin and had a few meetings and we decided to get going and take the shows to a new level, you know, and get a new brand going so that we can start. At the minute, there's very little competition. Obviously, now with COVID, it's even less. But even before COVID came in, very little competition going on in Ireland, like uh, for jiu-jitsu and especially MMA. Like, uh, And if you wanted to do MMA, you have to go straight to amateur you're in a, in a hotel, you know, people are drinking, yeah. you know, it's not a good environment to try and ease yourself into MMA, you know, so we come up with the novice MMA, we were doing, getting shows going on that, and just really trying to bring in the next, mm. uh, the next generation of MMA fighters in Ireland. So, um, yeah, we ended up getting Gamma together, so Gaelic Leopard Martial Arts, and we're flying it at the minute, man, and Connor loves it as well, he's yeah. a big fan, and He's, he wants to get his young lad in, Junior, in to do a few competitions and stuff. So he's after helping us out big time with yeah. Gamma too, man. So there's big, big plans in the works for Gamma. This, and even with COVID this year, we're rocking out. We've a load of dates just released, like mm. jiu-jitsu competitions coming up. And we have Gi, no Gi, we've kids. Uh, then we have a novice MMA tournament coming up. And we have an amateur tournament coming up. So the amateur thing is a little bit still on the QT, um, but that's coming. And Gamma are going to take over the amateur scene in Ireland. I'm telling you, by the end of this year, we'll be after making a big splash uh, in the amateur scene. I think with, with, with all our social media and our marketing, dude, mm. we, like, we're killing it. And with Calvin behind it, and we're all flying it, man. It's, um, it's exciting times for us. Yeah. I think it is very exciting, and I know we've had uh, a couple of our lads have competed in Gamma already, and we have a couple set to compete in uh, in coming in March, and uh, it is that whole thing. You're like that idea that um, people going into like you were saying uh, pubs, rest, uh, not rest, uh, hotels, sorry, um, and it's it isn't it's it's not like it's been. I know it's one of those things that's been done over time, but your setup is far more. Uh, for people who may be a little bit more nervous about competing, yeah, it's a much yeah. easier place to go, isn't it? And I think, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. didn't you much feel more relaxed environment, yeah. like no, no, like not as much. Obviously, there's always going to be pressure, but not as much. Have a couple of fights in the day, you know, 
the goal is you're able to come in to GAM on a Saturday, do a novice MMA event, and go to work on Monday healthy yeah. uh, with like no no injuries, you know. So yeah, we're 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 really taking a leaf out of IMA and IMAF's uh, rules and regulations. So we're doing no headshots with all our novice, you know. Um, it's good. It's a good starting out process for for anyone that wants to get into MMA, you know, and don't yeah. want to make that big leap into amateur MMA where it's amateur and, and it's amateur MMA is no joke. Like mm. small gloves, you know, you're, you're going at, there's no elbows. Yeah. The rounds are a little bit shorter, but like, it's, it's tough going, you know? Um, mm. So it's, 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 I wanted to have something that we could give back to people or to let people try out before they had to make that big step. Yeah. My I- first fight was a pro or my first fight was like, Back in the day, it was like there was, like I think it was C class rules or something. You weren't allowed. There was no headshots on the ground. I did one of them, and then I went pro afterwards. Like, <laughs> stupid, like you know. Yeah. So, but that was we didn't know any different. There was mm-hmm. nothing. It was so new, you know. Everything was different back then. Like so, now you have such a a pathway laid out for you that if young kids or young people want to start doing MMA, they you can really make a good. Yeah. You know, everything's laid out now. You know, the, the track's there, you know, just put the work in, keep the head down, try and keep the keep the work rate going and you yeah. will get there. And and like it's nice. I I just excited now to get Gamma back. Yeah. Events back rolling this year and get that such a buzz on a Gamma event, man. Uh, like we have like Calvin's dad playing the music and everything. It's such an Irish feel to it and it's it's yeah, it's a really, really exciting time for us. It's funny with like the the little things that come off of uh, you know uh, what happened, and you we were talking about the interest in gamma. Uh, look on Instagram and stuff. The video put together like as a kind of thank you for Connor, and Connor was being the the sponsor of uh, of it, and yeah. the uh, the the music that was played over the back of it. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. Then all of a sudden, this this girl, I think it's Saya Novinger, is her is her name. I probably yeah, messed yeah. up the pronunciation, but yeah, yeah, it's such an incredible like tune that she i know it's a it's Brilliant. a cheese and her yeah. the, her instagram then goes up you know and and <laughs> it like that's uh all the kind of good news stuff that we everybody yeah. needs it's been so yeah uh, grim you know but yeah um, yeah like so but it's great uh, like for us to get to be part of that mm. man on words can't describe it that's the truth like santi came early for us this year big time in the shape of McGregor, huh? Is is a he's a very fit Sandy, but like he'll do. Actually, yeah. just, I, I, I want to ask you actually just while we're talking about it, what what yeah. what do you think about the fight next weekend? Oh man, I, I can't wait. Um, I think Connor looks phenomenal. Like he's in serious shape, best shape I've seen him in a long time. I think his body's after maturing. He's after really filling out a bit more, and you know he's obviously working hard the last year as well. But to be honest, like I just like everybody's saying Poirier's got he's after improving a lot since the last fight you can't improve your chin like your chin does not improve yeah. and it definitely doesn't improve after the wars he's been in you know that doesn't happen like so like the proof is already there when Connor hit him he was all over the place he was chicken dancing from the word going the last mm. fight you know and people saying he was all emotional and all that yeah what do you think's going to happen this time that he's not going to get hit by Connor like He's yeah. Connor's like the sniper, you know. He's definitely going to land on him. So I just, I just see uh, Dustin getting knocked out in the first round. Well, do you do you think that uh, you know the way because it's Connor, right? And it's the, yeah. all the hype is around him, um, and a lot of people will just a lot of people that aren't in the know. You obviously know your stuff, but will uh, will obviously uh, dismiss Poirier's chances, right? But McGregor won't. He no, will no. like he's he's very confident. He he in his head he knows he's going to win, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to walk in there and think this is a done deal. Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, he actually is. He's a lunatic <laughs> man. He you know, he has him roared off in his head. Now that doesn't take away from the fact that he's still after putting in that work. You know, the work has been put in place, but I'm sure his mind is like he knows he's going to win. Like, and I. I I suppose after knocking a guy out too, it'd be hard not to have that confidence going into it. But like, don't get me wrong, Dustin's a seriously high level fighter. I just don't think his style matches up well with Connor. You know, yeah. 
Dustin's a boxer, you know, and he's kind of a pressure fighter, comes in, rushes in, mm. takes chances, stays in the pocket with the hand swinging wild. All the things that you can't do against yeah. Connor. So, like, you know, unless he's going to come out and turn into a wrestler and try and wrestle Connor, and Khabib got hard to wrestle Connor. So, like, Dustin's definitely not going to be able to wrestle him, you know. So, like, I just, I just can't see unless and like, listen, it's MMA though. So Dustin come out and catch Connor, mm. but like the odds are really stacked against him. Um, yeah. In my eyes, anyway, I, I think Connor finishes him early, dude. I think it's an interesting path after that to see what 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 will go down in the UFC if he, if Conor McGregor does win. Um, do you know then what's the story with Bellator? Have you heard anything from Bellator about about post COVID? Yeah, um, no, it was talks of February, but um, yeah, it's gone quite again now. Obviously, there's after this new third wave everywhere, really everywhere struggling. So I I don't know what's going down there. We haven't really been taught much. Maybe in the summer, hopefully. To be honest, I I wouldn't have been ready for February now anyway. With the ba- new baby in the house and like I'm I'm working as well at the minute, so like it's uh it'll be hard fitting in. But hopefully, like I'm fingers crossed. I'm hoping that we the Bellator Europe side get back going in the summer and we start getting a few events going. Um, I have four fights still on my contract that I'm oh, not right. to get fulfilled. So, um, yeah, let's like hope vaccines roll out. Everyone starts getting back, but I I still think it's going to be a tough year for mm. everybody. I yeah agree. I think it's uh, and the more you hear as each day goes past, it seems like it's being pushed back a little bit more. Even by the government, they're talking about April now uh, as yeah. lockdown, and it's just it's very hard to kind of just have a guess at the time. But as well as you just have to sit tight, and it's even if it is tough. What um another thing I spoke about last week was. Um, the difference between like UFC and Bellator as an organization and, and Ashley uh, seems to think that a lot of people are going to Bellator because of the contracts are better and the, the pay is better because of yeah. the fact that the UFC is obviously it's more prestigious, but unless you're in the top tier, it's, you know, it's a tough place to work. Yeah. Everybody thinks that because they're in the UFC that the guys are all rich and hmm. see Connor driving around and Rolls Royce and, you know, like, big fancy watches on but like yeah. the normal guy that comes into the UFC is barely getting by like you know could be on like 10 and 10 10,000 dollars to show 10,000 dollars if he wins yeah if he doesn't win then he only gets 10,000 he has to pay his coach out uh, you know he has to pay taxes you know you're less of very little and MMA you're training all the time you mm. don't have to like most people aren't working at all you know so they're living off that money and very, very tough sport at the minute uh, regarding pay. Yeah. But for sure, Bellator definitely pay their fighters much better than the UFC. Yeah. Um, you know, like the UFC is the prestigious one. Yeah. If you make it to the top of the UFC, I suppose it's like you could say the same about boxing too, dude. Like all the lower tier fighters get paid peanuts, have to sell tickets themselves, you know. Then you have to like Mayweather piling in hundreds of million every fight, you know, I suppose. That's just the way it goes, isn't it? But like, yeah. I would like to see some sort of a. Definitely, the money has to. It is rising though. Thanks mm. to Connor, it's rising, and other big fighters, you know, and the reason the money is getting bigger. But um, yeah, for sure, there's been a good few guys that transferred over to yeah. Bellator that could have re-signed with UFC and didn't want it because they're sure. getting better treated, you know. Um. I think that's what it is, oh, though. Yeah. That's what it strikes me. It's just someone from looking from the outside in, someone who's only really been interested and in, who's watched the M- MMA um, for the last maybe four or five years. Is Bellator seems more fighter friendly? Uh, it's you know like almost like more like a family promotion. If that probably sounds a bit you know Brady Bunch, but yeah, like yeah. it's a bit more. Do you know they do look after the fighters a bit more? Where there's been a lot of fallings out in the UFC. Yeah, well, so UFC are the big power, you know. Mm. So like. They're just like, you don't like it. Yeah. You know, they replace you so quick. You're just a number, I suppose, with them. And I suppose it's like that with any big organization. And then when you compare it to something that's like Bellator is massive. Um, but like, it's like, I don't know, UFC just don't treat their fighters as good. Yeah. And Bellator really do, man. They're like, mm. they look after you. Everything is sorted out with you. They come down and it's a real personal feel, like you said, a family feel. Um, so. I'm delighted to be a part of the organization and you know, I'm best contract I've ever signed, you know, 
worth it more than all my other contracts combined, you know, for my yeah. first fight. Um, like, and not only that, like the, like my fighter didn't show up the last day and I got paid. Like if you were in the UFC, no way are you getting paid, yeah. you know? So like if Bellator keep gaining the momentum and we keep like getting good talent signing up to mm. it and people are realizing that it's not only the UFC, that Bellator is there too, you know? So if you keep growing and it'll be nice to have, um, a few different promotions anyways competing against each other instead of one monopolized the whole thing yeah for sure um so what do you like to do with your spare time i know you don't really get much these days with uh two kids and all that like but yeah. what what do you like to do to chill out in the evenings um i, I in the evenings i chill out i play the kids like at the minute it's all kids at the minute playing they're all small and it's great crack man i'm really loved them and it's after like filling my heart you won't believe it, like, uh, everybody says that when they have kids, but, like, it's really, uh, I love being a dad, and I yeah. really enjoy spending time with them, but... Uh, what age is Poppy, then, actually? Like, Poppy is two now. She's okay. two, and she's two at the end of this. She's not two yet, she's two at the end of January, so the 31st. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so she's small, but she's great back in the minute. She's, like, starting to talk, and <laughs> we're, like, I bring her out on my bicycle, fly around the place where, uh, yeah, she's good crack. Um, but uh, then, and then on the weekends, I like to do, I like a motocross. I do a, a bit oh. of motocrossing. Um, yeah, I like anything with a bit of adrenaline involved in it. So motorsports, bit of skydiving. No. I love a bit of surfing. Go do a bit of surfing. Um, I love taking psychedelics, man. One of the biggest helps for my mental health was mm. getting introduced to psychedelics, doing really? it properly and doing a lot of research about it changed my life big mad experiences so um yeah uh there's my hobbies well they're all completely opposite to mine but that's fine (laughs) but no you know it's it's funny you mentioned about the psychedelics and stuff because i have been reading a lot about the idea of how they do help mental health and how they are uh, being taken in controlled environments over in the states whether it's mushrooms or or lsd and that and you know uh, under doctor supervision and it is helping a lot of people so the science is there huge but, man yeah man, but, the, the research is there now it's yeah. not it's not like it's not a matter of does it work or is does it do this like there was a lot of propaganda about psychedelics and they got rid of it because the governments didn't want it out like the research is in now like 100 percent psychedelics have a way better uh, percentage of helping people with mental health than any other thing mm. going at the minute, you know? So like the study was done on people that had terminal cancer who were anxious, obviously about dying yeah. and they had, they were given a high dose of psilocybin in a controlled environment, which is magic mushroom. Uh, and they all came out and they said it was the more, one of the most meaningful things that has happened to them in their lives. And they were, um, and a lot of them were very more relaxed and cool about. They accepted what was about to happen, yeah. you know. Um, so like, it's 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 definitely it's definitely a very very interesting uh, part of science at the minute. Mm. And like, the the possibilities with mental health is like, uh, it's really through the roof, man. Like it's, and it's as I said, it's not it's not guesswork anymore. It yeah. used to be like all guys guessing and doing it in their houses. Now this the proper research and there's loads of articles out there that are done by proper scientists and and the results are in like and it does help um, mental health. And well, I'm, I come for me anyway. It was a massive change in my life. You know what's going to happen? As I said, as I said, sorry, as I said, don't I don't want people to go out and start fucking taking yeah. psychedelics if they're depressed or you that's know it's true. not. That's what I'm saying. Like I that's why I won't give advice to anyone because I'm a very extreme person and. I, I like, you know, so I, I, I found that path and it's worked for me. Um, but like, yeah, psychedelics is very, very cool subject at the minute, man. You know what's going to happen though? Because it's Ireland, we'll have like a referendum in 50 years' time. <laughs> about, <can> we, do... <laughs> we will never see that, man. We're no. not going to be here for that crack. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, no way. But uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely for sure. Yeah, definitely, that's great. Um, Mm. listen 
Uh, Phil, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure talking to you. I, I really appreciate you. Come on. If you can just hang on for me for one minute, I, I'll yeah. finish this up. I just want to get a quick photo just of the, of the screen or whatever. So I'll finish this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, um, thank you very much to John, his family, and to Megan, to um, my mum, my dad, my grandfather, to Jaron Calvin. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done so already, if you don't mind. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find the Weekly Weekly on there. Uh, the podcast platforms are Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google Podcasts, uh, etc. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Once again, Phil, thanks a million for uh, for joining us. It's been great crack. Cheers, man. Really Bye. excited. Everyone, thanks very much for listening. We'll be talking to you next week. Take Peace. care. Bye.